Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, that we have this opportunity once more to come and study your word. Lord, what a privilege it always is to be able to open your word together. And as we look at at the message that you have planned and prepared for us this morning, I just pray that you'd speak to each of our hearts, that you'd lead and guide us, Lord, and that you would inspire our thoughts and our minds heavenward, that truly these words would not just be informative, but transformative. Please, Lord, strive with us even now, we pray. In Jesus' name we pray and ask. Amen. So we are continuing our study series on the kings. We're just looking only at the good kings, not the totally wicked ones. And um, we are studying today about King Uzziah. Now, the background of Uzziah, he's also known as Azariah in 2 Kings chapter 15. But he is the son of King Amaziah, who did, didn't follow God with all his heart. And he was assassinated. And we pick up um, King Uzziah's story in 2 Chronicles chapter 26. The Bible says here in verse 3, 16 years old was Uzziah when he began to reign. And he reigned 50 and 2 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Jechaliah of Jerusalem. So Uzziah, he would come to the throne and ascend to the throne as king at a tender age of 16 years old. And it was out of necessity. His father was assassinated. And he would reign for approximately 52 years. His mother's name, Jechaliah. However, in spite of being young, this is what we read of Uzziah. Let's continue reading there in verse 4. He did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah did. So he would do that which is right according or in the sight of the Lord and according to all that his father Amaziah had done. So training of your children, friends, really, really important. But remember, what we also see in Amaziah was not all good because his heart was not totally right with the Lord. He did not go all the way with the Lord. And this similar problem, this similar sin would arise with King Uzziah as well. But he was a good king, at least it seems, for the most part. Let's continue reading now in verse 5. And he sought God in the days of Zechariah who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. So here's a key text or key statement of Uzziah's life and his reign. He would seek God all the days of Zechariah, who was a prophet. And as long as he sought God, the Bible says there that God would bless him. God would prosper him. Seems like eventually he would stop seeking God. We hope not, but you know, this is the same for us as well, friends. As long as we seek God, He will prosper us. He will be with us. He will bless us. Does it mean that we'll never face trials or problems or any such things? Of course not. Does it mean that we'll never have disappointments? Absolutely not. But all, all we need to do is look at the life of Joseph, who was so faithful to God, who always sought God, but yet he was, what, hated by his brothers, sold as a slave, lied to, lied about, and ended up in prison. But yet God was jo- with Joseph every step of the way. God had plans for Joseph, but not just him alone, 
but also his whole family to save them and to preserve the family alive through the years of famine. But friends, we just got to make sure we do our part. We got to make sure that we keep to seek keep seeking God with all our heart, that we seek Him even in spite of what happens to us. Because sometimes the blessings that come down from heaven don't rain directly upon us, but on those around us. And so these were necessary trials for Joseph. But here we see in the life of Uzziah, as long as he sought God, God would bless him. To what extent? Let's keep reading. 2 Chronicles 26 verses 6 through 8. And he went forth and warred against the Philistines and brake down the wall of Gath and the wall of Jabna and the wall of Ashdod and built cities about Ashdod and among the Philistines. And God helped him against the Philistines and against the Arabians that dwelt in Gerbal and the Mehunims and the Ammonites gave gifts to Uzziah and his name spread abroad even to the entering in of Egypt for he strengthened himself exceedingly. So the first thing here we see in regards to how God blessed Uzziah, he would prosper him in battle. He would fight against the Philistines and God would give him victory. He would break down the walls of the cities and not only the Philistines, but also against the Arabians and the Ammonites would fear Uzziah so much so that they would come and bring gifts to him. So we see that even as he sought God, there were other blessings that God rained down upon him. It wasn't just spiritual blessings in some sense or blessing of health that we like to talk about, right? Uh, and, And these things, but no, they were physical, literal, visible benefits that he himself and others could see as well. How else did God prosper him? How else did God bless him? Let's keep reading verse 9 of 2 Chronicles 26. Moreover, Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate and at the valley gate and at the turning of the wall and fortified them. So God, he would prosper him in building as well. He built towers in Jerusalem. He built towers at the corner gate. He built towers at the valley gate. He even built more walls and fortified them, strengthened him militarily, right? And let's keep reading the next thing that God blessed him in in verse 10. Also, he built towers in the desert and digged many wells, for he had much cattle, both in the low country and in the plains, husbandmen also, and vine dresses in the mountains, and in Carmel, for he loved husbandry. So God would also prosper him to what extent here? Bless him with material possessions, material wealth. He digged many wells because he had much cattle. He had many husbandmen, which is farmers and vine dressers and people to take care of the land and all the vineyards and everything. God really, really blessed Uzziah a lot. But he, let's not stop there. Let's keep reading, right? Second Chronicles 26, 11 through 15. One more thing that God would bless Uzziah with. Moreover, Uzziah had a host of fighting men that went out to war by bands, according to the number of their account by the hand of Jael, the scribe, and Messiah, the ruler, under the hand of Hananiah, one of the king's captains. The whole number of the chief of the fathers of the mighty men of valor were 2,600. 
and under their hand was an army three thousand and seven thousand, three hundred thousand and seven thousand and five hundred that made war with mighty power to help the king against the enemy. And Uzziah prepared for them throughout all the host shields and spears and helmets and habergeons and bows and slings to cast stones. And he made in Jerusalem engines invented by cunning men to be on the towers and upon the bulwarks to shoot arrows and great stones with all. God, he would prosper Uzziah with military might. He had a huge host of an army. He had over 2,000 mighty men. And he even invented engines of war to fight and go to battle with. It was obvious that God's presence was with him, that the blessings of God rested upon him. And as a result, this is what we read at the end of that verse in verse 15. And his name spread far abroad, for he was marvelously helped till he was strong. So Uzziah, he was a famous king. He was a king that everybody knew. God was with him. His name spread far and wide. And you know, friends, the question that we got to ask ourselves today is this. Does God still bless people to that extent today? I believe he does to some extent. Look, let's read from the pen of inspiration here in Prophets and Kings 303 paragraph 1. The long reign of Uzziah, also known as Azariah, in the land of Judah and Benjamin, was characterized by a prosperity greater than that of any other ruler since the death of Solomon. We see here that he had a prosperity that was greater than any other king that had ever reigned since Solomon, the first king that God chose with his own hand to reign over all the united tribes of Israel, the 12 tribes. Now, this is split by then, but you know, Uzziah, he was the wealthiest. He was the one that was blessed the most by God since Solomon. And you know, Solomon, he was known and famous for being the wisest king, but God did not only bless him with wisdom, he blessed him with military might as well. And he blessed him with amazing riches. And of course, Solomon, his downfall was the abundance of wives that he had. But, you know, he was really, really famous for being very ultra super rich. And we see here Uzziah coming in second only to Solomon. Does God bless us to this extent? Well, friends, we've got to make sure we have our heart in the right place. We're going to make sure that we are faithful to him first, that we're not faithful to him because we want his blessings or we want God to bless us and make us rich and make us powerful or whatever it is. Let's continue reading. Messages to Young People, 102, paragraph 2. If your steps are ordered by the Lord, dear youth, you must not expect that your path will always be one of outward peace and prosperity. Do you see that? If your steps are ordered by the Lord, don't expect that you will always be blessed and have the path of peace. The path that leads to eternal day is not the easiest to travel. 
and at times it will seem dark and thorny. But you have the assurance that God's everlasting arms encircle you to protect you from evil. He wants you to exercise earnest faith in Him and learn to trust Him in the shadow as well as in the sunshine. So friends, we need to be careful that we don't take Uzziah as the man that we aspire to be. Why? Look, not God does not bless everyone in that way. Let's not expect that our road will be just a, a bed of roses that we can just walk through and God will just bless us at every step. All our enemies will just fall on our left and our right and we have nothing to fear and no trials whatsoever. No, friends, everybody's life is different. Everybody's circumstance is different. And if there's anything that we ought to aspire to be like in regards to Uzziah, is not his riches, is to seek the Lord our God. is to make sure that we seek Him with all our hearts, not so that He can bless us, but that we might know Him and we might understand Him and we might be like Him. You know, I don't believe that Uzziah, he, he was doing this just so that God would pour out all these riches and temporary blessings and earthly blessings upon Him. No, I believe at the very beginning, at the tender age of 16, His motives were right. It was in the right direction. He was following God because he loved him and wanted to make sure that God was his first, last, and best in everything, especially when it came to him being king. He understood that he needed help. But let's keep reading, shall we? Our High Calling, 189, paragraph 3. The pen of inspiration says this, Satan employs every means which he can devise to overthrow the followers of Christ. With marvelous skill and cunning help, with, and cunning, he adapts his temptations to the peculiar temperament of each. Those who are naturally selfish and covetous, he often tempts by throwing prosperity in their way. He knows that if they do not overcome their natural temperament, the love of mammon will cause them to stumble and fall. His object is often accomplished. When the riches of the world are offered them, many eagerly grasp the treasure and think they are wonderfully prospered. The strong love of the world soon swallows up the love of the truth. You see, friends, prosperity can actually become a snare to us. It's not always a blessing from God. It can be something that Satan throws our way. And that's why it is so important, so important that we lay the foundation like what Uzziah did, to seek God with all his heart, especially when he was young. It's possible for us to get rich that it comes to this point where we set our eyes and our affection and our thoughts upon it and, and it eventually swallows up the love of the truth. It ends up becoming a snare to us. We have to be so careful. Well, you might be thinking, what's in it for me then? Why would I follow God if He doesn't want to prosper me, right? You know, when we start thinking along those lines, then we need to take a step back and really assess our relationship with Jesus or why we are Christians in the first place or why we decide to follow God. Maybe our hearts are already changing and focusing on the world more than we focus our attention on God. 
And you know, friends, that's the way that many other religions treat their gods. God, I do this and God, I do that. Now bless me, bless me. You see my devotion to you. You see I'm doing this and doing that. Please bless me. Friends, maybe even the riches that you have in your heart, pardon me, in your life are already now starting to change your heart. Do you see that? And we got to be so careful. Let's keep reading. Christ's Object Lessons 53 Paragraph 4. In this formative period of the children's life, the responsibility of parents is very great. It should be their study to surround the youth with right influences, influences that will give them correct views of life and its true success. Instead of this, how many parents make it their first object to secure for their children worldly prosperity? All their associations are chosen with, this, with reference to this object. Many parents make their home in some large city and introduce their children into some fashionable society. They surround them with influences that encourage worldliness and pride. In this atmosphere, the mind and soul are dwarfed. The high and noble aims of life are lost sight of. The privilege of being sons of God, heirs of eternity, is bartered for worldly gain. Friends, even as parents, I myself, a father of three children, we have to think carefully how we surround our children with the different types of influences and what we allow, what sort of influence to come into their lives. But you know, usually as parents, we want them to succeed. We want them to support themselves. We don't want to worry about them when they get older. But then we must ask ourselves this question. But at what cost? We got to be thinking about what is more important for our children. A right and good and righteous character or just worldly money and not caring about um, religious principles and in their lives at all. So what is more important? Yes, we need money to survive, but we've got to make sure it doesn't become our sole object of life. In Psalm 62 verse 10, the Bible says, if riches increase, set not your heart upon them. We're warned not to set a heart upon riches. As it increases, let's be careful to keep the modest lifestyle in line with the life of Christ, one that would reflect a true Christian, God's character. What might that be? I'm not condemning anyone that drives an expensive car or lives in a very super expensive house, but let's make sure that we are characterizing or we are resembling, we are representing rightly the life of Christ. Anybody with a little bit of riches needs to be careful. What is true success, friends? What is it that we needed to emulate? It was seeking God's word seeking God. I want to remind you again of that verse that we read at the very beginning there. Second Chronicles 26 verse 5, and he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. Do you see that? That word sought is used two times in this verse. That word sought there means to frequent a place, to seek with care. That was the foundation of Uzziah's 
success. It wasn't based upon how much money he had or how much God had prospered him. That was the byproduct, the result of making God his first and last and best and seeking him continually every day. But not just that, he also had a godly counselor, a wonderful prophet in Zechariah. But you know, friends, as Seventh-day Adventists, we also have a godly counselor as well, a wonderful prophet that God has given to us and blessed us with, her name, Ellen White. God has not left us without any advantage. Yes, Uzziah lived in the times when Isaiah and Amos and Hosea were alive, but the same opportunities still abound for us today. We have the whole canon of Scripture, all bound in the Old and the New Testament for us to read. We don't have just a small portion of the Bible. We don't have just a little bit of light, like what Uzziah had living in those days. We have the revelation of Jesus Christ through the Scriptures, which is so clear. But we have to seek Him. We have to seek her. We have to seek it, the Word of God. We got to take time in seeking it and frequenting it, going there often, making sure that we are seeking the source of all our blessings, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. You know, Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 to 3 tells us this. Look at this. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Do you see that? This is the sort of man that you want on your team. This is the sort of man that you want to hire in your company. This is the sort of friend that you want to have. Whatever he does, prospers. But what's the reason why? You see back there in verse 2, it says, His delight was what? In the law of the Lord. He meditates on that law day and night. Friends, true prosperity comes from seeking God first. I find many that want prosperity, but they don't want God. They'll pray for millions and covet after expensive items, but they don't want to walk with Jesus. They just want to be blessed. And many times we treat people like how other religions, we treat God, pardon me, like how many of the other religions out there treat God. Just bless me. But they don't want to seek God. And you know, friends, we have all our forms in Christianity as well. We tell God that, oh, look, I come to church once a week. You ought to bless me because I came, Lord. Look at what I, how, how much money I put into the offering bag. And you know, many preachers are out there like that. I've heard some stories where people have come from other congregations and the pastor is literally shoving, shoving the offering bag in their face and says, put the money in. God will bless you. God will bless you if you put the money in. And so often we want to pay for God's blessings, not realizing that the blessing is found in Scripture, in His Word, which is free and full. Nothing to do with putting money in the offering bag. Nothing to do with having your name ticked off like you came to church and had an attendance there. No, friends. The prosperity is found in seeking the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night, allowing it to become part of our life and part of our character, making it who we are in here, not just 
trying to get that prosperity by hard work and actions and works and all of that. But friends, what would happen to Uzziah towards the end of his reign? He was one of the longest reigning kings out there, 52 years. And God blessed him so tremendously. But what would ultimately happen to him? Second Chronicles 26, 16 through 18. But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction, for he transgressed against the Lord his God and went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense upon the altar of incense. And Azariah the priest went in after him, and with him fourscore priests of the Lord that were valiant men. And they withstood Uzziah the king and said unto him, It appertaineth not unto thee, Uzziah, to burn incense unto the Lord, but to the priests, the sons of Aaron's, Aaron, that are consecrated to burn incense. Go out of the sanctuary, for thou hast trespassed, neither shall it be for thine honor from the Lord God. You know, God blessed him so much, but it eventually became his downfall. He would go against God and sin against him. He ended up doing what? He ended up burning incense on the altar, which only the priests were allowed to do. The altar of incense was in in the holy place of the sanctuary. Only priests were allowed to go in there. The problem was, He let success get to his head, thinking that it was he that had done all of this, just like his father. And you know, sometimes we ask, if God knew that he would become like this when he was prospered, why did God prosper him? Why didn't he just keep him poor? But you know, sometimes we say, we say, why make him rich, right? But then other times we say, why didn't God prosper him? The fact is this, Uzziah was a faithful man at the very beginning. He sought God with all his heart. And as a result, God, he poured out his blessings upon him. It's that simple. It wasn't to make him stumble. If we are faithful, the blessings of God will rest upon us as well. But it's up to us to resist temptation. We need to be careful with pride. And that was ultimately the downfall of Uzziah. He thought that he was the one that had made himself rich, that he was the one that was responsible for all the success, not just of his life, but upon the whole kingdom. And so he came to this point where he thought he had a right to go into the temple and do something that was only reserved for the priests. And you see, that's why he let the success get to his head, to the point that he ended up sinning against God. Friends, we have to be so careful with success, pride, our ego, thinking that we are something when we are actually nothing. We've got to remember and stay close to the Lord that as He blesses us, we remember the source of all our blessings. Were there rich men and women in the Bible that God blessed who maintained their integrity? Absolutely. Joseph, he was prime minister of Egypt. Daniel was also second in command. Even Abraham had 400 servants. He was a rich man. Do you know that? He was not some poor man, but yet he was the father, not of riches, but of faith. We got to be so careful that we maintain humility, even as we increase 
in wealth and success. Look at this, 2 Corinthians 12, 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Paul was speaking about his own self. He knew that God had blessed him tremendously. He was, he is the the, the most prolific author of the New Testament. But yet God gave him a thorn in his side to make sure that he was not exalted above what he thought in his mind he should be. God kept him humble. Galatians 6.3, For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. Friends, we are absolutely nothing. Without Christ, we can do absolutely nothing. Let's always remember that. Proverbs 16, verse 5, Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. 1 Peter 5, 5, For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. And finally, Proverbs 16, 18, Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. You may be wondering, well, what's wrong with a little pride? You know, can't I be proud of my home or my car or my job? I can't be proud of my family, my children when they get up um, and sing some nice song in front of the church or do well in school. Can't I be proud of what I've accomplished in my life? Let the Bible speak. Deuteronomy chapter 8, 10 through 14. When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, lest when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt, out from the house of bondage. You see, friends, we got to be careful with pride that we don't forget the source of our blessings. Pride, it focuses on me, us, self, thinking that we are the ones that prospered ourselves. I'm the one that put in the hard work. I'm the one that studied hard. I'm the one that deserves all these things. And that was the problem of Uzziah. He felt he deserved all that he got. And that was the reason why Israel was like this. Because of me, because of what I did, because of my wisdom, because of my management. He felt like he was entitled, that he had the right because of something in himself. And that's why he did what he did, to go into the sanctuary and burn incense. But let's finish off his story. Second Chronicles 26, 19 to 21. When the priests came and confronted him, what happened? Then Uzziah was wroth and had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was wroth with the priests, the leprosy even rose up in his forehead before the priests in the house of the Lord from beside the incense altar. And Azariah, the chief priest, and all the priests looked upon him and behold, he was leprous in his forehead and they thrust him out from thence, yea, himself hasted also to go out, because the Lord had smitten him. And Uzziah the king was a leper unto the day of his death, 
and dwelt in a several house, being a leper, for he was cut off from the house of the Lord, and Jotham his son over the king's house, judging the people of the land. What did God do? He would strike him down with leprosy. He would humble him. He would put him in his place. But here is a strong testament of Uzziah's pride, which we need to be so careful about. When we get to that point where we resist people that God has put in places to help us, in this case, the priests, Uzziah wouldn't listen. God had to take matters into his own hands. Pride is revealed in an angry response to godly correction. And I know when you become as powerful and successful as Uzziah, you can start thinking that you're accountable to no one. After all, you are the king. Your hard work and intelligence got you this far. You stop listening to those who challenge you and you begin to gather yes men around you. Say yes to everything that you want to do. Earlier in his career, Uzziah accepted the godly counsel of Zechariah. But now he angrily rejects the counsel of these priests. He begins to say, I'm the king. These priests can't tell me what to do. And ironically, Uzziah sought honor for himself. But these priests tell him plainly, you have been unfaithful. You will have no honor from God. And so that's why Uzziah was enraged. You know, friends, look at this. Prophets and Kings 303 paragraph 2. This outward prosperity, however, was not accompanied by a corresponding revival of spiritual power. The temple services were continued as in former years, and multitudes assembled to worship the living God. But what would happen? Pride and formality gradually took the place of humility and sincerity. Of Uzziah himself it is written, When he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction, for he transgressed against the Lord his God. You see, friends, we get a little deeper insight as to what actually was happening. As God blessed him with all these things, as the riches increased, the spiritual power was decreasing. The zeal for God and all his word actually began to diminish. Why? All these physical possessions began to wean away the desire for spiritual things, the love for spiritual things. And then we read here, Bible Commentary, Volume 3, 1132, Paragraph 6, The case of Uzziah the king reveals how God will punish the sin of presumption. The Lord has ordained men to certain positions in His church, and He would not have them step out of the places to which He has pointed them. When the Lord gives them a measure of success, they are not to become lifted up and think themselves qualified to do a work for which they are not fitted and to which God has not called them. You see that, friends? Even when we have a measure of success, we've got we to be careful that we don't think ourselves qualified now. God bless me in my business, so I know how to run the church now. Businessmen try to do this all the time, friends. You cannot bring any of that business acumen into the church unless 
you have a foundation which is put clearly and solidly on Jesus Christ, our rock. If not, we don't see the pitfalls that God wishes us to see. Friends, I want to ask you this this morning. How do you respond to godly correction? How do you respond when people correct you? When they don't agree with you? Do you examine your heart before God and and try to listen to other people's opinions and, and seek His will first? Or are you just angry and defensive? You know, unjudged pride results in God's discipline. If Uzziah had only listened to the the counsel of the priests right away, he could have avoided being a leper. If he had just humbled himself there, he would not have been struck down by the hand of God himself with leprosy. If only he was willing to humble himself. But he got to this point where the pride and his success and all of that had gone too far that he had let go of God fully. And this is the lasting legacy that we read of Uzziah in Second Chronicles 26, verses 22 and 23. Now the rest of the acts of Uzziah first and last did Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, write. So Uzziah slept with his fathers and they buried him with his fathers in the field of the burial which belonged to the kings. For they said, he is a leper and Jotham his son reigned in his stead. You know, the lasting legacy was not, he was a great king. He blessed us so much. No, he was a leper. You know, sometimes they don't care about how you started off. They don't care about what happened in the middle. They care about that last note when it comes to recital. They care about that last note. Did you end with with a good note? Or when you look at the gymnastics, you know, they see the whole routine. But if you mess up the ending, everybody remembers that. They remember it. And the final lasting legacy that Uzziah left was he was a leper. Why? He wasn't willing to humble himself, wasn't willing to be corrected. Success had gotten to his head. Pride had filled his heart that he was just not willing to listen to anybody. Friends, God has made us social beings. He surrounded us with people for reasons. And I'm not talking about your husband or your wife or your children, but even in church, the church that you decide to go to, the people that are there, God, He sends people for good reasons. It's just a matter of whether we are willing to listen. Sometimes we think, well, I've come from a more successful church. I should be telling these people how to run their church. But friends, we've got to learn to be humble. Sometimes, is not as simple as just saying, oh, God bless me there, God is going to bless me here. No, friends. At every step, let's make sure that we are walking with Jesus, that we are yoked up with Christ. Jesus says, come, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly. Do you see that? When we learn of Christ, even as He gives success, when even as there's 3,000 baptized in one day, we can remain humble. We can remain meek. We can remain open always to counsel for people to guide us. And so today, if God has given you good and godly people to surround you, listen to their counsel. Not that they'll always be right. 
But maybe, just maybe, God has placed that person in your life to help you to grow at that time, to save you from a thousand pitfalls and hurts and pains and sins. May God give us eyeself to see very clearly how He leads each and every one of us and clearly that we might see where the pride is in our heart, that we might in humility of heart ask God to help us. God, help me to be humble. And if you don't know, like Paul, God, give me the thorn in my flesh, lest I should rise up and exalt myself above all these other people. God, save me. From what? From myself. Help me to be safe from me. God, help me to be like Jesus today. Let us learn to deny self. Let's learn to put our glory into the dust so that Jesus Christ can shine through every moment of every day. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, I want to thank you for reminding us that you are the one that gives us all these blessings. You are the one that gives us all these successes. That although we might put in all the hard work, it seems like we might put in all the hours to, to work for a proposal or to study for an exam. You are the one that gives us all the blessings. Help us to never forget it. Help us to give you all the honor and all the glory. But before any of that, help us not ne to neglect seeking you with all our hearts. But Lord, sometimes we just say, I want to give you glory. I'm going to praise your name in church. But at the beginning, we're not even walking with you. Please, Lord, help us to understand that the true success is found at the very beginning of each day as we learn to submit to you, as we learn to commune with you, as we learn to dig deep into your word, to make you our foundation. Help us, Lord, to that end. And guide us and lead us continually. Keep us meek and humble, just like our Savior Jesus Christ. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.